Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Praise God. Mark chapter 7, we're in this morning. And we're going to be looking from verse 1. It says this. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders." When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with defiled hands? Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it was written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And then he continued, verse 9. He said this, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. And you do many things like that. Verse 14, and Jesus called the crowd to him. And said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. He said this, verse 18, yes, this is Jesus, are you so dull? Does he ever say that to you sometimes? Is that your Jesus? He said, are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on in verse 20. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within... Out of a person's heart, the evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Before you go blaming the devil today for a lot of the things that you do wrong, Maybe we need to look at ourselves sometimes and what's in our own hearts because there's a huge list there that we've just read that's nothing to do with the devil. Amen? Jesus is eating this meal with his disciples. 
He's having some time with them, eating this meal. And all of a sudden, these Pharisees and teachers of the law rock up. And they arrive there and they start to question Jesus on the fact that his followers, his disciples, are eating food with him and they've not ceremonially washed their hands. And what's interesting about this is that this particular story is just after chapter 6. If you read the previous chapter, you'll see that Jesus has just been involved in the feeding of the 5,000. Then you see straight after the feeding of the 5,000, he's on the lake and he sees Peter and Peter walks on the water. These two amazing things happen and now they find themselves eating. I'll tell you what, I would have loved to have been at this meal. I don't know about you. But if you'd just seen that previous to this, 5,000 people had just got fed from a few five loaves and fishes, and then you'd seen Peter walk on the water, this meal would have been pretty cool, wouldn't it? To sit and listen and talk. And I believe, I don't, this is not in the Bible, but I believe that word of mouth is, is something that gets quick around. And I believe that at that time, the Pharisees would have probably caught wind of the fact that 5,000 people have just got fed in the middle of nowhere. And guess what? I bet there's no sinks there to wash their hands either. I bet there were no sinks where the 5,000 had just got fed. In fact, if they were, it took a long time. It had ruined the story a bit if Jesus said to them, you know, I'm gonna, I want you to go and distribute this, but before everyone eats, I want every one of the 5,000 to wash their hands. He'd have had to produce the water as well for that. So I believe, I don't know, but I believe that word of mouth gets around and these Pharisees are thinking, this person's going around preaching and these guys are eating. 5,000 we've just got, we've just heard has got fed. Are they really obeying the laws of eating? Are they really obeying the laws of keeping ceremonially clean? So the Pharisees decide to make a journey up towards where Jesus is. And they get crashed, the party. And they come in and they start to say, why are your disciples not washing their hands first? If you look at this, this law that they made, it's from what's called the Talmud. It's not a law that is in the, uh, the Old Testament Torah. It's a law that is a law upon laws. You find that the Pharisees, they made their own laws, thousands of them. And these were effectively a, a legal commentary, as it were. It was a commentary that they'd made of extra things to help people with laws. So these were their own traditions. That's why Jesus said, these are human traditions. These are not the law. These are human traditions. And Jesus comes back to them with a comment in verse 15. He says this, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. And right there at this moment when the Pharisees show up, you can imagine that the disciples are sat there. And I can imagine it was the atmosphere could have been cut with a knife. Because they know that these people, these religious people know the Old Testament inside out. They know their scriptures. And they rock up and Jesus is there with them. They've seen some spectacular miracles. They've seen some great things. And all of a sudden the religious know-hows, they come in and they start to challenge. They probably wonder, what on earth is Jesus going to say back to this? Should we really have been washing our hands? And Jesus says, all foods are clean. In fact, that would have challenged them right to the core. Everything that they'd ever done in their lives 
through the law, it would have challenged them right to the core there and then. As Jesus comes back with this comment. But what Jesus says is something very important that I want to look at today. Jesus says, it's not what you put into your stomach, but it's what goes into your heart that counts. In other words, listen, you're getting too worried about all these traditions, all these things that you need to go through when you're missing the whole point that your heart is in danger. There is a pollution that will come into your heart if you're not careful. There is a pollution that will come and it will contaminate you. And it is not from food. It will go into your heart. Jesus was talking about a real authentic pollution in their hearts. A pollution that comes from within. The Pharisees had missed this. They were focusing on their appearance They were focusing on how they looked. The title of the message today is Pollution Solutions. Pollution Solutions. Sometimes we don't see these things that are getting into ourselves. We don't see the real problem. And I want to highlight some of these things today. What I believe we can pick up from this story of where Things in our lives will come and the enemy will use them to infiltrate and contaminate us so we're useless. We feel useless. Just a few weeks ago I was, I went to the dentist and I don't know if you, I I don't really like going to the dentist and I was sat in the room and I took my kids with me. They had to go, they didn't have an appointment and I took them in the room and I was sat on the chair and I'm always worried that while I'm fixed to the chair and I've got someone sticking pieces of metal into my mouth, that the kids are going to run off. So I'm worried that they're going to run out of the building and I can't move. And I'm sat in this chair and the lady says to me, you haven't been for a while and we, we need to take an x-ray. Has anyone had an x-ray before? Yeah, I never liked these kind of things. The reason why I don't like it is because I was sat on this chair and for some strange reason, everyone leaves the room. I still to this day cannot understand why everyone else gets to leave the room except you. And they said, we're going to, we're going to put on the x-ray machine and the kids, they said, kids get out of the room and the kids were at the doorway waving to me like this. And I'm sat in there. She turns a switch on the wall and all of a sudden I'm sat in this room and there's this x-ray thing. I'm thinking, what on earth is happening to me? Why is she left? Why can't I leave as well? See, the truth is this. The reason why they leave out of the room is this. It's because if they're doing it every single day and it's frequent for them, they're getting constant radiation which long term will not be good. But listen, when they walk out of the room and they're smiling outside, I'm looking around the room thinking, I can't see a thing. There's nothing here. Why is it so dangerous? And let me tell you, the things that will go into your heart are just like that radiation machine. Over time, they will contaminate you. Over time, it will seem like little things. Over time, it will seem like things that are just irrelevant. And you can look at them and think, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just a little thing. But let me tell you, I'm here to tell you this morning that you, the longer you keep on letting these things contaminate your heart, over time, one day, it will be the destruction of you. What's the solution? What's the solution today to the things, the real pollution in your life? What are these things? 
You know, many of us like to live like the Pharisees. We like to live and we turn our Christianity into some ritualistic religion. The enemy wants us in a place where we come and we formulate our Christianity into some kind of ritual. Where we come each week and we feel good about ourselves. Let me tell you, church can even be a ritual. Things that we do in church can be ritualistic. That doesn't mean we stop doing them, but we have to be careful that we don't turn like the Pharisees and we begin to make our Christianity work around some rituals that make us feel good. While all the time we're doing this, we're missing the boat. We're missing the fact that our hearts are being polluted. The first thing today I want to say is this, that we need to do is guard our mind. Guard our mind. The Pharisees, when they came into this party, when they rocked up at the, uh, as they were eating this meal, the first thing that they did as they come with their religious knowledge, and the disciples must have been, they'd have known what some of these things were, and they'd have been thinking, Are we re- we're rocking the boat here as well. And the, the Pharisees come in and they start to lay down these laws, these human laws that have gone through time. And what happens is they begin to sow doubt. I bet those disciples were thinking, do you know what? I bet they're right. You know, maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't be enjoying this freedom like this. Maybe we should start doing some of these, observing some of these traditions. Maybe they're right. They've just seen the 5,000 get fed. They're probably thinking, wow, but we, we just love hanging around with Jesus. We love, we love the fact that when we hang around with Jesus, these are the kind of things we see. We've seen him walk on water. We've seen the freedom. We love his preaching. But maybe they are right. Maybe we've missed the boat. Maybe we should go back to observing some of these traditions. Let me tell you this. When we become born again, The very thing that the enemy wants to do is not to take you away from Christianity sometimes, but he comes as an angel of light. And what he does is this, he tries to twist the truth, to twist your view on Christianity, to twist your view on your faith. Listen, he doesn't want to rob you of your faith. If you, if he keeps you in a place where you, you're happy moving along, but if he can twist the truth right then and there, these Pharisees came in, they began to sow doubt. The Pharisees rock up, they must have been so confused thinking, we're in the middle of this, I don't know, is this right? Should we be, is, is this really true? Do we have a grace for this? Or should we be following these rules? I want to ask you today that sometimes in your life, you can be operating in your Christianity, you can be going through the motions, and eventually you get into this place where you Seek to observe traditions because you feel that grace is not. It can't be possible. It seems too good to be true. Therefore, I'm going to go back to some of the rituals. And what we end up doing is living our lives like we were before we were born again. In fact, we sung it this morning. We become a slave again. We become a slave again. We're not free. Jesus has come to set you free. He's come to set every one of us free. If you turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1, it should come up on the screen in verse 6. What I'm talking about today happened in Galatians. Paul had to go and chat to the Galatians or send them these letters. He had to speak to them about this very issue. 
Galatians 1 verse 6. Paul said this to the Galatians. I am astonished. That's what he said. That you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, he says this, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But he says this, listen to this, verse 8, but even if we, that's Paul, or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Verse 10, he says, and and, uh, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. In other words, Paul is saying this. You accepted a gospel that set you free. You accepted a gospel that was the truth that brought freedom into your life when you were born again. But somewhere along the line, you were thrown into confusion and someone, it says, perverted the gospel that you received. In other words, just like this scenario where Jesus is sat there and they're enjoying the very grace of Christ. They're enjoying the, the, the this new teaching that Jesus brings of the new covenant. Right then and there, the Pharisees rock up and they're there to pervert that very gospel. They're there to pervert the truth of what Jesus wanted to say. And for some of us today... The enemy will come into our lives and will begin to try and turn us and pervert the very gospel which we received at the beginning. To turn us to traditions. To turn us to things that will try and please ourselves and please our flesh. I want to ask you this morning, who are you trying to please? Are you trying to please your flesh? Who are you trying to please this morning? Listen, God sent his son for you to die for you. He paid the price. He's paid the price for every single one of us in this room that we might be free. Who's throwing you into confusion? The New King James says there are some who trouble you. They trouble you. Our minds we need to guard. We need to guard our minds from being perverted by the gospel of truth, which is grace. Been perverted by that we should go back to works and good deeds to try and please God and please the flesh and please others. We need to guard our mind. Otherwise we go from grace to legalism. We go from grace over to legalism trying to always impress again. And that's the very thing that Jesus never wanted for us. We shouldn't be a slave to fear. In Galatians 1 verse 10. Paul says this, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or God? Are you trying to win their approval? Those Pharisees came and these were human tradition laws. They were trying to impress the others. They were trying to say they need to fulfill these duties. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves Be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Number two today is you need to guard your motives. Guard your motives. 
we look back at Mark 7 verse 9, Jesus said this. You have a fine way, he said, of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is devoted to God. What Jesus is saying here is this. It's the only time this word is used, Corban. You will find here in the New Testament. The only time that this reference is used when Jesus says you declare these things Corban. In other words, he says this. You're trying to tell me about your human laws, your traditions. But let me tell you this. You break the fifth commandment by honoring your father and mother because the things that you declare devoted to God, you're doing it so that you don't have to pay or look after your parents. In other words, they were trying to deviate from a law that had been given. And I want to say to you today that they were trying to impress Jesus. We can try to impress him by doing things in our lives that try to look like that we're trying to please him when our motives are completely wrong. Our motives are completely way off the chart. And Jesus sees right deep into their hearts. He looks deep into their hearts and says, I can see that you're trying to cover up. You're trying to do certain laws. You're adding new laws to hide the real truth that really you don't want to pay out and help your mother and father. So you declare things devoted to God. That is Corban. It's a a terminology they use. It says, you're declaring these things, but really I can see straight through you. Listen to me today. You cannot fool God. You cannot mock God. You cannot mock Jesus. Jesus can see deep into our hearts and our motives. He knows our motives. And right then and there, they challenge him and say, you're not, your guys, they're not washing their hands. Jesus says, do you know, you break the law all the time. Because you can't even keep the fifth commandment. Because you declare these things devoted to God. When actually, you're fooling the system. I want to ask today, What do you sometimes do to cover up? What do we do sometimes to try and and, and cover up and say that we're doing things and we think that God can't see? Listen, you can impress anyone in church. You can wear the mask today. You can look as though you're the perfect righteous person. But listen, it doesn't matter whether I can see it in you. Jesus sees everything. You can try and impress me. You can try and impress your friend downstairs in the cafe later on by looking at the most, to be the most righteous person, to look as though you're fulfilling all these things. But Jesus is checking your heart today to say, are you really wearing a mask? Are you wearing a mask that is covering up because deep down you're doing these things, but deep down you're breaking so many other things. Listen, your mask is your only reward. The praise of your, the people will be your only reward. The thing that we need to impress is Jesus. When we come to him and we say, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I don't want to look like I'm righteous because I know I'm not righteous. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. 
Some of us today need to recognize and understand because what the enemy tries to do is he tries to get us in a place where we wear the righteous mask. Where we come every single week looking like we're fulfilling the duties. We look like we're doing all the things and some of us are so attached to these masks that we don't want to give them up. We don't want to give them up because underneath is the real truth. Underneath is the real truth about who you really are. Let me tell you what it is. It's ritual without reality. It's ritual without righteousness. And it's ritual without relationship. All we're doing is fulfilling the ritual. And some of us, we love to decorate our masks. We love to come and do the very best. And they're so good that so many people get impressed with them that we think, I cannot give this mask up because people like the mask. People like this thing. They think I'm great. They think I'm so spiritual. Listen, your mask is the only praise you'll ever get. The praise you need is from Jesus. When he knows your heart, he knows your motives that are inside the very things that we try to trick. God does not miss a trick. He does not miss anything. We cannot fool him. In Malachi chapter 1, he says that the people spoke through the prophet Malachi. He says this, that the people began to bring blemish sacrifices. They started to bring sacrifices that were diseased animals in the Old Testament to be sacrificed, thinking that they could fool God. God could see straight through them. He said, you're the ones who vowed to me you would give me the very best. And now you're bringing the diseased ones. Now you're bringing these blemished sacrifices, these polluted sacrifices. You think you can pull the wool over my eyes? And some of us today, we think that we can do this with our mast, that we can pull the wool over his eyes. But listen, he is the very creator of our being. He knows our thoughts. He knows our mind. Today, I want to encourage you, ditch the mask. Get rid of the mask. Don't try to fool God into thinking you're something you're not. Just the other week, the, uh, we've got a, at home, we've got a little snack cupboard. It's really nice. And there's, there's chocolate in there and lots of goodies. It's, it's for the kids. It's not for me. But I do like to pop in there every now and again and, and have a look. You know, and, and just see what's in there just to, to make sure everything's going okay. And there's plenty topped up in there. And the kids, the problem is with this snack cupboard, it's too low down. The kids get in there all the time. I don't know why we put it at the height of the kids. We should have just put it really high. And the other week, the kids are always like, can I go in the snack cupboard? Can I have this chocolate uh, roll or whatever? And we were like, no, no, you can't. And the other day, the, the, we, we were just in the kitchen. And I just saw this little thing underneath the washing machine. And so Emma said, what, what's that? Is this underneath the washing machine. So we went in. We looked underneath. And underneath, tucked discreetly, was two Cadbury's chocolate roll wrappers. You know, they're clever. They're getting really clever, like the dad. I, I would find a lot better place than that. But we, we were laughing. And now we realize that they knew that when they took them, when they shouldn't have, that they knew that if they put them in the bin, that we'd see the wrappers in the bin. Because they know daddy changes the bin, not mummy. I hope she's listening to this. And they know... And so now they've got this new thing. So we couldn't wait to meet them. And they came downstairs. We said, can we just ask you boys, did you put anything underneath the washing machine? And they look so sheepish. We said, what are you doing? They said, well, we knew you might see 
in the bin. Listen to me today. Some of us are discreetly shoving some of our things underneath the washing machine. We're trying to hide these things from God. Listen to me. He can see into every single heart this morning. He knows your motives. Guard your motives. Check them. Examine your heart for these kind of things. Because sometimes the enemy gets into position where we try to do things thinking God can't see. He is omnipresent by his spirit. He can see and knows everything. You go back to the very beginning in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. The very thing that the enemy comes to do. He comes to say, did God really say to question Who God really is. Is he the person you think he is? Is he omnipresent? You know, if you have a bite of this apple, if you have a bite of this fruit, is he really going to see what you're up to? Is he going to see what you're doing? Is he really who he says he is? And the same voice comes thousands of years later, right into your heart and challenges you. And the enemy will say to us, listen, does God really know what you're up to? His eyes watch to and fro. He sees everything we do. That's not so we should get scared. Not so that we should get fearful of God. But there should be a holy fear that says, God, I know you know everything about me. I know you love me. And I want to be honest about the things that I'm struggling with. I don't want to try hiding the wrappers underneath the washing machine. But I want to be totally open. It's the very thing that the animal will come to do. We lose sight of who we are when we start to lie to God. You know, I know today there'll be some of us in here, we're challenged by this. We end up lying to God. We wear this righteous mask. Proverbs 16 verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. But motives are weighed by the Lord. Listen, masks are always temporary. They don't last forever. A mask that you put on is not, it's not something you're going to have forever. One day when the day comes, the day of judgment, when Jesus returns, it will be a day when you will have to ditch the mask. And you're going to have to explain for why we acted in such ways. Masks are always temporary. In Galatians 6 verse 3, Paul says, If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, They deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Galatians 6 verse 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Amen. I want to say today, you need to guard your mind. Guard your mind from the things that will come. Guard your mind from people who will try to infiltrate and pervert the gospel which you received at the very beginning. Will try to question you and try to get you back into these human laws. God did not call you to be legalistic. He called you under his grace. He called you under his grace. And number two, check your motives. Guard them. Look and examine yourself to see what you're really doing. Even it says, Paul says that even when we come to take the table, we're going to be doing that next week. When we come around the table, we should examine our hearts. When we come to take these emblems to remember what Jesus did for us in communion. Examine yourselves. See where you're at. It's good to do an MOT, isn't it? 
It's good to check yourself. Because the enemy gets us in these positions where we feel like we don't need to anymore. That we are so righteous we can carry on doing what we're doing. Number three today, and final is this, to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Mark 7 verse 17, we read it earlier, says this. We'll read it again. It says, after Jesus left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. He said, are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. It's from within, verse 21. Out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. In other words, Jesus said that when these things come in. You know, I hate to say this, but Jesus did a little bit of toilet talk. He said, when things go in your stomach, it leaves. Yeah? Okay, we all know that. We don't need to go into any more detail. But we know that when things go into our stomach, it leaves, thankfully. Sometimes it leaves some fatty deposits that we don't always want. But most things leave. But Jesus says this. Listen, check this out, guys, he says. Don't you understand? Are you so dull? When things go... He's not saying that everything comes from within. He's saying the things that go into you, when they go into your heart, they can't leave only through your mouth. The things that go into your heart will leave through your mouth. The way you speak, the way you act, you always look to the root and it comes from the heart. Jesus is saying, do you understand That the things that can defile you, when they go into you, when they go into your heart, there's only one place they're going to come out. And that is your mouth. You look at people around today and you question and you think, why are people so evil? Check their heart. Where your treasure is, there will be your heart also, says the Bible. You check where most people who are full of deceit, full of anger, full of all these things that are listed here, check their heart. Because that's where their treasure is. In selfishness. And Jesus is saying to them, he's saying, check your hearts. Look, because these things don't just vanish. These things will go into you. There are things that you can put yourself around that when they get into your heart, they will infiltrate you. They'll contaminate you. I don't know if you look today, you see, you don't have to turn on on the TV for so long. I'm amazed today. Of how much on TV is different to when I was younger. You know, I remember many years ago, this might, some of you may remember this, there was a man who was called Ray Bevan. And I went to some of his meetings many, many years ago as a young boy. I must have been a, I don't know, nine, ten, maybe a little bit older, probably nine, ten. And I remember going to this evening meeting once and Ray Bevan was someone who looked into, he was a preacher, but he looked into um, records, then it was vinyl, and listening to records backwards, saying, showing young people that if they listened to these records backwards, they would hear subtle messages that were put into the records. There were evil messages. Some of them particularly were uh, bands like Queen at the time. 
And some of these songs, and I remember as a young boy sitting in a, in a church room, probably three times the size of this, listening with hundreds of people, and listening as he had this vinyl record playing, he was showing some of these things to show the dangers of music, saying, if you listen to these things, they were saying certain messages to try and infiltrate young kids. This is true. Now the crazy thing is this, is you don't have to listen to a record backwards today. Let me tell you, things have changed. And things are changing so rapidly. You don't have to listen to a record to listen to bad stuff. You just put on the TV. You just listen to MTV. And you will hear the lyrics in the, in the songs that are ten times worse than what I heard that night. And the record's playing the right way. In fact, it's a CD. You don't have to listen to them backwards. Because the enemy has worked through the years and infiltrated and contaminated the media and the industry to get to the point where we accept these things as normal. We think it's normal to hear these kind of lyrics. I was amazed the other day. I was looking at uh, one of the things Jacob was looking at for Christmas. I've been looking at uh, these. He likes these games and console machines. I'm amazed at the amount of games in the shops today. That are now 16 and 18, there's barely anything for the machines that are for you and PG. There's nothing. Full of violence. You search for these things, it says these are full of violence and bad language. When I was young, never saw that kind of stuff. What I'm trying to say is this is, that now there are so many things around you that will con- seek to contaminate you and your children. And we've got to be observant over this. Because times are changing. When Jesus said, guard yourself and watch, watch your heart. He meant these kind of things. The things that will get into our hearts and infiltrate us. Jesus says, forget the rituals. Forget the hand washing. Guys, do you not realize your hearts? Your heart's the most important thing. Because everything else will flow from it. Jesus was saying, forget these rituals, look out for the invisible pollution. You know, sometimes it is so invisible to us, it's off the radar, we don't see it. We don't see this kind of stuff. Just a few years ago, we decided in our home, we got a, we've got an old boiler. And I'm just waiting for the day, I'm, I'm, I keep praying over it, that God will, this thing will never break. It's from the 70s. It literally is, it's, you know, this thing is archaic, it could be in a museum. And it, is, it serves our heating. And I'm, I'm, I just think, oh, the day that this turns off and it doesn't work. And um, someone said to me, they said, you know, you need to get a carbon monoxide detector. Because you need to detect when, if there's any danger, especially you've got kids. So I, I thought, well, that's cheaper than getting a new boiler. So I went down to B&Q. And I got myself one of these little carbon monoxide detectors, a digital one. And I put it in the kitchen and it said, you, can, you need to get it at... I don't know, eye level. So I put this little carbon monoxide detector that has got this bleeping noise. And I put it in the kitchen. Then one night I was in bed. And this thing had never been used. You know, you never want these things to go off, do you? Because if it goes off, then you've got a problem. And I don't know what I'd do. Because I don't know what I'd do if the thing went off. What would I do? But all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, this carbon monoxide detector goes off. I didn't even know the noise of the carbon monoxide detector. I didn't know what it was. So I ran downstairs and I'm trying to look around. I'm trying to work out what this beeping noise is. Till I realize it's this carbon monoxide detector. 
Well, I was trying to find the thing on the back, the screws to take the battery out. I couldn't get a screwdriver. This thing was so loud. Beeping, I started to put a towel around it so it wouldn't wake the kids up. Then in the end, I just threw it out of the back door. I couldn't stop the thing. You know, I wanted this thing to tell me when there was a problem. So then the next day I thought, and Emma said, what's the problem? I said, the carbon monoxide detector's gone off. So then I'm thinking, is this a problem? And so then I had to phone someone to come to check because I was worried that there was carbon monoxide. You see, the problem is with carbon monoxide is you can't see it. It's invisible. And I get this guy to come around. He checks the boiler and he says, no, this boiler is still working fine. I thought, praise the Lord. He answers prayer. He rebukes the devourer. This boiler is going to last another 10 years. That's what I'm saying. And he said, no, there's no carbon monoxide. He goes, I think you just need to change the batteries in the detector. I thought, wow, that's cheaper than a, a new boiler. So I did. I changed the batteries and it works again. I'm just waiting for the day when the batteries go again. And sure enough, it'll be in the middle of the night. But let me tell you this, that in our lives, God has put on on the inside of you by his spirit, a detector. He's put a detector on the inside of you and it's called the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, when you give your life to Jesus and he puts his spirit inside of you, he puts a detector. It's part of the package. It's not to condemn you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit doesn't come to condemn. He comes to convict. He doesn't come to convict, to condemn. He comes to convict and draw us back to him. And I want to encourage you today that right now there's some of us in this room. I can't hear the noise, but in your spirit, the alarm is going off. The alarm is beeping so loud in your spirit as the Holy Spirit is reminding you and saying, listen, you've allowed things to get into your life and into your heart. There is sin. There is sin in your life that has come in and infiltrated you like carbon monoxide, like radiation that gets in and infiltrates your system. And now you don't know how to get out of it. Now you don't know the answer to the solution. In fact, you can't afford a new boiler. You can't afford to pay the price to get yourself back out because the only way that you will pay the price to get yourself back out is Jesus. It's Jesus. He is the only one who can pay the price to stop the alarm bell ringing. He's the only one who will, who has paid the price by his precious blood so that you can be free. And today he's saying, listen, the alarm is not to condemn you. The alarm is ringing in your heart. He's saying in your heart today, listen, there is a problem. There is an issue. There is sin in your life. You've allowed things to contaminate you. And it's changed your actions the way you speak. You know it's true. But I'm here to tell you that there is a way out. Jesus said there's a way out. He's put that detector on the inside of every single one of us when we accept Jesus. In Proverbs 4 verse 20. The writer says this. My son... Or daughter, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. For they are life to those who find them. And health to one's whole body. Above all else, verse 23, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. 
Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the, to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil. Verse 20 says, turn your ear to my words. Turn your ear to my words. Some of us need to listen to Jesus again. Listen to me. If you've got these things have began to infiltrate your life, if the alarm bell is ringing in your heart and you know today there is sin that you cannot deal with by yourself. In Matthew 5.30, Jesus says this, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now listen to me. Many people think they've got to start chopping their hands off. You haven't got to chop anything off. Jesus was saying this. He was saying it's as serious as you chop in your hand off. In other words, you've got to do some chopping off in some areas. You might need to cut the internet cable in your life. If you're looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at and your eyes have been come. Perverse by the things you're looking at on a screen. Listen to me. Times have got to the point now where you don't have to go to the shops to look for pornography. You just turn on the internet and the adverts on the side will attract you. Today, it's there to contaminate you constantly. Jesus is ringing the alarm bell in our hearts today to remind us of these things. Cut these things off. There are ways and measures we can do to cut these things He listed them earlier. He said the things that are in our heart, sexual immorality, temptations of adultery. You know, some of us saying, I'm not going to struggle with adultery. That's not a problem for me. I know I'm happy in my marriage. Listen to me. The very thing that will cause you a problem in your marriages, the very start of adultery doesn't doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts in the conversations you begin with people and you begin to share things with them that you shouldn't be sharing. Listen to me, the enemy will come subtly. He comes in subtly so that you begin to question your relationships. You begin to question who you are. Then you begin to speak and have conversations with people you shouldn't be speaking to. These are the things. This is the radiation. This is the carbon monoxide you can't see until one day it's a slow fade as the song says. And it comes and it robs you. It takes you. By surprise. Flee from those conversations. Flee from them. Get out of the way of them. When you spot them, spot the invisible contamination. Get out of the room. Some of us today have anger in our hearts. We can't control this anger. My advice to you is this. is Seek God and ask for the peace of the Holy Spirit to get inside your heart. Read the word of God. Get full of the word of God. Spend time with Jesus. Don't start saying, I'm struggling with these things if you're not prepared to spend time with him. So many of us are saying, I've got these problems. I don't know why Jesus doesn't help me. It's because we don't even want to spend time with him. We don't want his peace to rule in our hearts. If you want his peace to rule in your hearts, then you better get into the private place so that he can give you that peace. Show you through the word of God as you get closer to him. The other thing he says is slander. So many of us, you go into work tomorrow morning, your biggest problem is this, when you get into lunch break or your breaks and there's people gossiping, 
There's people saying things about each other. And so many of us, it's, it's so tempting to get into these conversations with others and to start putting other people down. And if we don't join the crew, if we don't join the party, then we look like the ones out of it. But let me tell you this, these are the subtleties. These are the invisible things that will come tomorrow when you're at work. These are the things that are more important than when you come to the front of the church here and you get prayer. Is when you go to work tomorrow and you run away from these things. Listen, gossip will infiltrate you and poison you. The enemy is seeking to use these things to draw you in. To say, come on, you don't want to be out of the crowd. You want to put this person down. Put your boss down with the rest of them. It will make you feel good. Listen, when I was in my last job, that's all people seem to want to do. Go for a walk at lunchtime to talk about the boss. And sometimes I wanted to go with these people. And I, I came back and I felt, I thought, well, if I, on the days I don't go, what are they saying about me? I had to go on the walk so that I didn't feel they were talking about me. I found myself tired trying to stop them talking about me. The more I went with them, the less they could speak about me. And then the days when I couldn't go, oh boy, oh boy, I felt terrible. I thought, what have they said? The moment we join in with them, we just become part of it. Do you know what? Some of us today, we rate our sins. We rate the things that we're doing wrong. We put them on different levels. Do you know the subtleties are the things that will grab you and take you? They're the very things that will rob you. And the enemy knows it. Listen, Jesus paid for all your sin. There's no level of sin. There's no level. Don't look at levels of sin. Jesus paid once and for all. It says he became sin for us. He was He became sin. Sin came upon him. Everything we could have done, everything we've ever done, everything we could do was laid upon him at the cross. The enemy wants to get you into levels and saying, listen, ignore some of these subtleties. You want to deal with this real serious problem. There is a place for holiness, but there's also a place for grace. Amen? The Pharisees failed to see this. They failed to see that Jesus could clean their hearts. The very person that was in that room at that time when they said, listen, they're not doing this ceremonial cleaning, they're not washing their hands, they didn't realize they were rejecting Jesus, the Son of God, who could clean and wash their hearts from the inside out. They were so bothered about what the outside looked like, and we can too sometimes, Jesus is saying, you've got no idea. I'm the one who can wash you from the inside out. If you just allow me to. Maybe today you've not accepted Jesus. Maybe today you don't know Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour. You don't know him as the one who is, who is able to wash you from the inside out. He's the only one that can clean us by his precious blood. By his precious blood. 1 John verse 1, 1 John 1 verse 7, sorry, says this, the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Purifies us from all sin. I want to remind you that when Jesus went to be crucified, Pilate eventually washes his hands. He washes his hands. I don't know whether that was trying to show the Jews that some custom of 
I'm washing my hands of this. I'm clean of this. He said to them, he says, this man's blood's not on me. And he washed his hands in front of them. I don't know whether he was trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do, but whether he was trying to show some custom to them to try and keep them quiet, to say, it's done. You know, I'm washing my hands of this. Listen to me. You can do your ceremonial washing. You can do all the things that try to fulfill the laws. But listen, if you reject the Son of God, then you reject his forgiveness. You reject his blood, his precious blood that is able to forgive you of all your sin. Don't wash your hands of Jesus today. In John chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus said this. He said, Satan, the ruler of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. I want to ask you today, what does he have in you? What does the enemy have a hold on in your life? Jesus was able to say, the the enemy's coming, Satan's coming, the ruler, the prince of the power of the air is coming. I'm leaving and I'm leaving my spirit, but listen, he has nothing in me. Do you know that Jesus paid the price not just so that you can be forgiven of sin, but so that you could live a life knowing that the enemy does not have a hold on you. He has defeated darkness. He has defeated the evil one. And some of us today, that alarm bell is ringing right now in our hearts. That detector is going off saying, you know, I know that there's some serious stuff going on in my heart. In fact, I can't cope with this anymore. I can't cope with the condemnation. Listen, Jesus does not condemn. The enemy condemns. When he has a hold on us, he reminds us and tries to defeat us. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes we would love you to leave us some feedback God bless and goodbye